Welcome to Sermons from St. Paul's Lutheran Church of Minot, North Dakota. St. Paul's is anchored in the message of Christ crucified for the forgiveness of sins, for the church and for the world. The following sermon is from Rev. Dr. Matthew Richard. Holy Gospel according to St. Mark, the eighth chapter. In those days, when again a great crowd had gathered, and they had nothing to eat, Jesus called his disciples to him and said to them, I have compassion on the crowd, because they have been with me now three days and have nothing to eat. And if I send them away hungry to their homes, they will faint on the way. And some of them have come from far away. And his disciples answered him, How can one feed these people with bread here in this desolate place? And he asked them, How many loaves do you have? They said, Seven. And he directed the crowd to sit down on the ground. And he took the seven loaves, and having given thanks, he broke them and gave them to the disciples to set before the people. And they set them before the crowd. And they had a few small fish. And having blessed them, he said that these also should be set before them. And they ate and were satisfied. And they took up the broken pieces left over, seven baskets full. And there were about 4,000 people. And he sent them away. This is the Gospel of the Lord. In the name of Jesus, amen. That day in the wilderness, the disciples, they had some food. They had seven loaves of bread and a few fish to be precise. But these seven loaves and a few fish were certainly not enough to feed 4,000 hungry mouths and grumbling and growling tummies. Jesus, though, Yes, Jesus, though, had compassion on the large, hungry crowd, and he still wanted to feed them. Now, setting aside Jesus' compassion and looking to the crowd of 4,000 people, we can imagine the disciples doing some quick math and shaking their heads. We can imagine them saying to themselves this, Nope, it is impossible, Jesus. Seven loaves of bread divided by 12 hungry disciples plus 4,000 more hungry people? There's no way that that can happen. Even if we just took a nibble, we still wouldn't have enough food for everyone. I'm sure the disciples admired Jesus' compassion and desire to take care of the hungry crowd, but there simply was not enough food a fact that Jesus was overlooking. Now, I don't know about you, but I tend to be a problem solver. I like the challenge. And so if I were among those disciples that day, I'm pretty sure that I would have been thinking of alternative plans to address the 4,000 hungry people. 
For example, maybe a couple of the disciples could run to that nearest miracle mart to fetch some food. You know, hey, Peter and John, you guys are in great shape. Get over here, Peter and John. Go run. If you go fast enough, you can maybe make it back by morning with enough food to satisfy just those who are very irritable as a result of hunger. Yes, Peter and John, the plan is this. At least we might be able to silence those who are really frustrated from hunger, the really crabby ones. In the meantime, Andrew and James, come over here, Andrew and James. Go out in front of the people and tell them some jokes. Yes, tell them some jokes so that they can laugh and not feel that pain of their hunger. Yes, if we make them laugh and tell them some positive, feel-good stories, we might be able to get them to forget the pain of their stomachs. Oh, Thomas and Bartholomew, come here. As Andrew and James are telling jokes and stories, yes, you, Thomas and Bartholomew, I want you to start working on some happy songs. Maybe you can work up a real catchy melody with a super fun tune that talks about how they are filled and full to the brim. But Thomas and Bartholomew, don't mention, yes, don't mention anything about their hunger. We don't want to remind them of the pain of their hunger. We want them to feel like they're already full so they feel good about themselves. Oh, and Jesus, well, we got this under control. Since you obviously don't have a firm grasp on the gravity of the situation. Okay, ready, everyone? Huddle together. We've got this. One, two, three, go. Now, my plan sounds good, doesn't it? Number one, grab the situation and find a logical man-centered solution. Number two, distract the crowd from their problems. And number three, make everyone feel warm and fuzzy and good. There's only one problem, though. There's one problem with my plan. Actually, there are many. But the main problem is this, is that it eliminates Jesus. In fact, this is exactly what the disciples were doing when they questioned Jesus' compassion to feed the hungry masses. Yes, Jesus was standing there right there in their midst before the hungry people. and The disciples did not understand that Jesus was capable of feeding the crowd. But rather, they focused on the problem of the 4,000 hungry people. That is to say, the disciples, they should not have been phased by 4,000 hungry people because Jesus was with them. And in fact, Jesus had just gotten done feeding 5,000 people sometime before this event. Indeed, the disciples should not have cared how many people were there, and they should not have worried about the people's predicament of being hungry. Because Jesus, the solution was right there in their midst. Now, dear friends, before we are too hard on these disciples, these poor disciples, we must admit that the church isn't much better. In fact, too many churches in America look out to the vast amount of hurting people and their problems and their trials And instead of looking to the solution of Jesus, they instead take it upon themselves to do a dog and pony show. In other words, churches and pastors can either, one, become paralyzed by the vast needs of the parishioners and people, leading them to bottle up and to simply shut down, or instead they take it upon themselves 
to try and remedy the hurting and needing people themselves. And since these churches and pastors are not Jesus, their solutions are typically the same. First, they come up with some strategic plan that will solve at least a portion of the church's problems and make things supposedly wonderful and great. Secondly, they distract the people from the fundamental problem, which is not their hunger, but their sin. And then finally, they try to make everyone feel good about themselves, and as a result, Yes, and as a result, you have pastors and churches that are so very busy making all sorts of plans that really essentially accomplish nothing while diverting people away from their core problem of sin while doing their best to make sure everyone feels warm and happy and fuzzy and positive. And worst of all, Jesus is not even considered. Yes, Jesus is not even considered. He is essentially excommunicated from these churches. He is shut out. He's expelled. He is ousted. Lord, have mercy on us. You see, dear friends, what the disciples messed up on so badly was that they not only had forgotten Jesus and the fact that he had already fed 5,000 people, but they had forgotten the history of their nation. You see, if there was one thing that God knows how to do, and to do it very well, it was to throw a feast, yes, a feast for the people in the middle of nowhere. Remember the manna? Remember the quail and the water from the rock? Remember the wilderness wanderings and how time after time God's people would worry themselves into a tizzy? Remember how their faith would grow weak in God's promises and power to provide because their eyes shifted away from the Lord to the problems before them. And yet again and again, God would show them compassion and give them a feast regardless of how bad it was, even when he had to rain that feast down from heaven itself. To the point, when we as the church, or when we as individuals, when we find ourselves in hard and difficult and even impossible moments, these unimaginable moments, they're not opportunities for us to show how smart we are at solving problems, and they certainly are not intended to paralyze us under the pressure into hopelessness. But rather, they teach us. They teach us to turn our eyes away from the problem to Christ. In every time of need and trial, the Lord longs to teach you and to teach me that there is nothing, that there is no problem, there is no heartache, there is no anxiety that comes our way that is either too big or too little for Him. You see, He cares for each and every one of us. He cares for our body and soul. That is why the Heavenly Father sent his Son into our flesh and blood. That is why Jesus himself reached out and lifted the entire load of all of your sin upon himself. That is why he suffered and died for you. That is why he rose from the grave for you. He did this because he has compassion for each and every one of you. Yes, Jesus did all of this to provide righteousness perfect righteousness for you, 
this perfect righteousness that will enable you to stand before the throne of judgment on that last day and be declared not guilty. And until then, he feeds you with his word and his sacraments. These are like food to the soul itself. But the one who cares about your soul also cares about your body. So he gives you your daily bread. He promises to provide for you, for your temporal needs. And when this old tent, your body, finally wears out and you die, well, he too promises to clothe you with a perfect body on the day of his return. So, dear baptized saints, the Lord really does care for you. And so you do not need a man-centered solution to your problem of sin. You do not need to be paralyzed with fear. You do not need to be distracted. And you certainly do not need an empty motivational pep talk. But rather, you need Jesus. And this day, you have Jesus. Yes, you have Jesus. You have the solution. No, actually, we should say it this way. You have more than a solution. You have the way, the truth, and life. Yes, you have Christ who feeds you this day with his very body and blood to forgive you of all of your sins, to fill you with faith, and to sustain you in whatever situation you may find yourself in. In the name of Jesus. Strong word bespeaks us righteous, bright with thine own holiness. Thank you for listening to today's podcast sermon. You can access a full manuscript of today's sermon from Pastor Matthew Richard's blog at www.pastormatrichard.org or visit St. Paul's website at www.stpaulsminot.org. The Lord bless and keep you.